All right, how are we doing this weekend? Faith Promise, come on. <clears throat> Great to see you. Thank you guys for being here for week number four of I Am Faith Promise, an incredible series of looking at why we do what we do and how we're made up of the things that drive us as a congregation. Now, I don't know, how many of you here last weekend saw the dad bod videos? Anybody, anybody see that? I'd just like to point out that I let Pastor Josh Whitehead have the weekend one time this year, and that's what happens. Can y'all believe that? Wasn't that an incredible message last weekend? Listen, if you missed it, come on. If you guys missed it, I, it was off the chart. I just had surgery a couple days before, so I got my coffee, got on the back deck, and, and uh, got my iPad, and, and I love our online campus because I couldn't be here, but I could be connected with us and could worship and, and then really participated in what was an incredible, I think the greatest message that Josh has ever communicated, but it was, it was, so if you missed it, go back and get it. It was great. It was, we grow together. Well, again, we're thrilled you're here of all that God is doing is we look at six weeks for one weekend for each of our values. They may be new to the walls, but they're what's been happening down the halls all over all of our campuses We've really just decided to literally set out and just state what our values are. We didn't choose them because they sounded good, because they were alliterated. We chose them because we believe that it is what God has used and it is what God wants. And so as we've unpacked the first three weeks together, the number one value is we put God, now God is versed, we just exalt him in our heart to the place of number one, and then in our worship corporately, we acknowledge, God, you're number one, you're Lord. We love you more than anything. Number two, we serve. And, and, and all of these are, 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 are really almost like road signs. It's a journey of helping us become who God wants to be. Number three, we grow, and that is I am faith promise. What makes me, what makes you, what makes us faith promise? Now, before we look at the fourth value, let me ask you a question. If we were taking a test, how many of you know the three inalienable rights written down in the Declaration of Independence? Anybody, anybody think you know those? Come on. Okay. You are afraid to raise your hands, aren't you? Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's right. But if society could add another one, if we could say, okay, we're not going to have three, we're going to have four, what would it be? One of the commentators in studying for this message said that in America, it would be the pursuit of wealth. Would y'all agree with that? See, we are all, most everyone is headed toward a pursuit of and gaining a greater share of wealth. Now, is that bad? Is that wrong for me to want to make more money, for me to want to provide for my family? Absolutely not. Actually, the Pope said it's not wrong for people to want to have a better life, for people to want to have more. What he said is wrong, and I agree with. What is wrong is a style of life in which is presumed to be better when it is directed toward having rather than being. And in America, we are more concerned about having than being. That's why you see high-level people fall all the time. All the sexual scandals and all the people whose life crumbles because they're more worried about what they are gaining, what they are getting, rather than what they are becoming. Does that make sense? And so at Faith Promise, it is about, man, who are you becoming? How are you loving God more? So when, when we think about, you know, having and being, it may sound like semantics, 
but it's much, much more. This is what I was thinking. We are human beings. We are not human havings. So what am I, what am I being? What, what am I growing into? Not what do I have. See, only in the Western world, Europe and America, only in the Western world do we equate self-worth with net worth. Only. That's why it matters what car you drive because it's a status symbol, where you live, what your zip code is, what kind of phone you have in your pocket. I mean, we have what, what, what labels on your shirt. We have all these things. Why? Because they establish status. But in the eyes of God, rich, poor, black, red, yellow, white, they are precious in his sight. God is not impressed with the bank account, is he? Come on. And so it, it shouldn't be how much someone has. See, our society applauds every single way that people try to gain wealth, even if it is wrong or questionable. And so at Faith Promise, we choose to value what we believe God values more than what the world values. So at Faith Promise, we give generously. We are generous. Our fourth Faith Promise, we give generously. We are generous, a mark of a promiser is a person of generosity. Now, I want you to elevate with me. If you're listening, say, I am. Come on, all of our campuses, I want you to listen. Being a generous person is far more than money. Yeah, money's a part of it. Are you generous with your money? Are you generous with your words? Do you speak life? Every day in my confession, my quiet time, somewhere I'm going to say today, I will speak life and not death. Today, I will bless and not curse. Today, I will be an encourager, not a discourager. So we're generous with our words. We're generous with our time. We're generous with our money. We're generous with our affection. We're generous with our love. I love being generous with love because it's one of the commodities. The more you give, the more you get, the more you give, the more you have. Listen, keep loving people. You're not going to run out of love. Man, Jesus was the heavyweight champion of love. Or y'all, he showed us what love was all about. It's just a mark. So God, would you, would you help those, Father, that are generous to just be more generous, to have a heart like yours? And God, for those this weekend at all of our campus, campuses who struggle with generosity, would you do a supernatural heart surgery? And would you take out greed? And would you take out selfishness? God, would you take out narcissism? Would you take the scalpel of the Holy Spirit and would you crucify those things in our lives, God, and raise us up to walk in a new life? Raise us up, God, to walk in power and in generosity to give our lives away just like Jesus. It's your will. We believe it. We receive it. And in Jesus' name, we pray it. And all God's people said, come on, guys. Man, this is awesome. These six values Man, when you drive down the journey of generosity, you are becoming happier. Does this make sense? You're becoming better. You're becoming a person people want to be around. You hate to go to the person with lunch who never pays. You ever been with that guy or gal? Oh, I forgot my wallet. Oh, oh, oh. It's Micah. <laughs> He's never bought a meal in his life. I tell him it's before his time, but the, his thing song should be Minnie the Moocha, the Hoochie Coochie. Now, you got to be a certain age to understand that song. I'm not looking at anybody, but that's a, that's a low. Have you ever gotten somebody a present because you had to? It's weddings. It's all that, you know. Or has someone ever given you a present because you had to? You can tell, can't you? 
You get that. They didn't want to do it. And today, it's a little harder to tell because today, it's gift cards. You don't have to think. You don't have to prepare. You're in line at the Walmart. And there they are, right at the checkout. I'll take a 25 or I'll take a 50. And, and, and man, we just give those. And, you know, some of those people are giving because they want to. Others, it's harder to tell now, isn't it? It's just harder to tell. And so this is a gift that was given to me by one of our elders. He no longer attends here. He and his wife transferred down to Atlanta, Ron Gionet, and we still keep in touch. And incredible guy. And I remember when he brought this to me as a present. He said, now, Pastor, I love giving gifts. And he said, man, I really looked and prayed over this gift. So he said, listen, I'm just going to be honest with you. If you don't love it, give it back to me because I love this. Treat others the way you want to be treated. It's the front page of, of a handwritten sermon by Charles Spurgeon. A certificate of Authenticity. I don't know where he found this. But see, this was not a gift given out of obligation. This was a gift that was given out of much reflection. You know, you know what I'm talking about? See, that's the way our generosity should be. It should flow out of us. It should be something we're looking for, something we desire to do. Does that, does that make sense? See, not that we give simply because, well, I have to give. I've heard people say this all my Christian life. I'd be afraid not to tithe. Now, I understand the sentiment. Some people are so blessed, and they're so blessed because they've been faithful. I get that. But, but listen, we don't give because we have to give. He that is forgiven much loves much, and he that loves much is generous to the people that he loves or she's. I make, that's, just, that's just the deal. So it's what God wants. I love to give gifts. <clears throat> I love to give gifts to my family. I especially love to give gifts to my wife, Michelle. And so I think about those gifts. And, 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 and I, I, why? there are certain gifts that I'll give that I can't wait to give them. Are you with me? The biggest gifts that we've given to God, we couldn't wait for Heart for the Harvest. We couldn't wait to bring that check. Does that, does that make sense? See, we bring our tithes and offerings in the storehouse, but listen, we bring it out of a spirit of generosity and love, out of the overflow of being blown out of the water. I don't know about you, but if you're blessed as I am, you just love to give. Does that make any sense? When you're God's favorite, you get to be number two, but I, man, listen, I'm God's, I believe Faith Promise Church is God's favorite church. I mean, he can only go to one, he come here. Does that make, I know he's omnipresent, but... <clears throat> So we're going to take a few minutes and unpack what the great apostle Paul said about living a life of generosity out of 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. Probably the longest singular teaching on the heart of generosity in, in all of the Bible. Now I say this, he that sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. He that sows bountifully will reap bountifully. Even uh, each one must do just as he or she what? purposed in his heart, not grudgingly, well, I'm going to give. I don't, man, I don't want to. Don't. Let me free you up. Or under compulsion for God loves a what? A cheerful giver. Generosity is a matter of the heart, not your bank. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart from, from it flows the issues of life, and one of the issues that flows from your heart is generosity. 
It's just Michelle and I are gonna change our will where we're putting faith promise in our will. We have tithed and given over and above for the, almost the bulk of our married life and we wanna keep giving even after we're dead because we're in heaven. We want the kids to have it. We'd rather God have it. Come on, somebody, help me out here. They can get their own. Come on. We'll give them some. Not much. And so, well, Paul used farming terms to communicate. Listen, no farmer would go out in the fall and anticipate a harvest of crops if he had not planted seeds. Does that make sense? Seeds. We've become so entitled that we want to reap a harvest before we planted some seeds. So see, giving isn't just about, it's not about need, it's not about because I have to, that's not what it's about. Paul says it's about giving with sincere heart and pure motives. Again, God cares about your heart. It matters. Now, by the way, just for, just let you know, man, this has been an incredible week in the life of Faith Promise. We had 500 people at kids camp. Listen, 500, it's crazy. In fact, many of you are going to need to go at council next year because, it, I mean, 400 third through fifth graders, purgatory. And, and so over 70 boys and girls, when the, mom, when the parents came back up, stood up and gave their heart to Jesus this week. So incredible, man. Now, we get to do that. We get to fund that. You know why? Because if they promise, I'm generous. And we were able to, we were able to, to do, it was incredible. Remember, we have movement coming up, which is our student conference. There's already more students signed up than last year. And they're going to be kids, students who are going to be saved, called to ministry, called to the mission field. They're going to be set free. It's going to be incredible. But now, just for you, just for you promisers, but not just you promisers, we still need some scholarships. So you know who I'm talking to, not just you promisers. Man, you just, at, at this weekend at any of our campuses, go out to the table, say, hey, I want to I wanna provide a scholarship for a student that can't afford to go. Because listen, at Faith Promise, we never let money keep us from doing anything. Because we serve the God who owns it all. Amen? So what? what? We're generous. So what's your motivation to give? A great sermon, a great cause, looking around the church and seeing a need. See, when we give generously, we respond to his real love. When we give generously of our, of our words, of our time, when we're, when we're doing ministry, when we're giving money, when we're giving affirmation, when we're speaking life, when we're writing a card or sending somebody an encouraging text, we're giving, we're, we're, we're exposing, expressing God's real love. And if they promise, we're, we're, we give in response to the greatest gift that was ever given. And that was God giving his son. We serve a God that's a giver. That's why you pray. You pray and ask God for money. You pray and ask God for healing. You pray and ask God for blessing. Why? Because you know with the heart of God, he loves to give good gifts to his children. Is that right? So what he said, you being evil give good gifts, how much more will the Father above give? And so we, we know that is God, and that is a characteristic that God wants to grow each of us into because the more you walk with God, the more generous you should be growing, and the more generous you are growing, the more lives you'll be touching, and the more lives you'll be touching, the more bounty you'll be reaping of life that is real, the real deal. Are you with me? Does this make sense? So we give in response to what God has done for us. 
So what does it say? It says give cheerfully. The Greek word is hilarious. We get our word hilarious from that. Generous people are happy people. Generous people are joyous people. Who are you becoming? Generous people, people want to be around. Generous people see generosity as an honor and a privilege, not a duty and a drudgery. Does that make sense? That's why I am faith promise. I'm generous, Michelle and I. And thousands of promisers are faith promised. That's why we get to do what we do. And so when, when it comes to giving, your concern should be how God sees it. All through the Old Testament say, according or, or in God's eyes, in God's eyes. Because I tell you, his are the only eyes that really matter. Because he's the one you'll stand before. We don't give in comparison to someone else. We don't give in a competition with anybody else. That's not why we give. We give, our generosity is in response to God's real love. And so we, it's, it's an attitude of the heart. It's not the amount, it's the heart. Can I tell you, his excessive love creates generosity in his followers. Do we serve a God of excess, scandalous grace and mercy? Scandalous that an ex-drug dealer and a dope addict and a horrible person that I was, that God would save me, I get to, that's ridiculous, I get to do what I get to do. But because of his excessive love, it creates in our hearts a generosity that we are, we're not a dam hoarding resources and blessing. We're a river. We're a conduit. I'm talking about let's be a tsunami, a surge wave of generosity, of witnessing and loving and serving and ministry and giving and blessing. And man, walking in that, that when we walk in the room, people's eyes light up. Man, I'm so glad they're there. I'm so glad. Does this make sense? Is anybody, is anybody out there? Yeah, Pastor, I give, but you know, I just can't call what I do generous. I give, but but man, I, I just, I, I'm just not generous. I don't, I just don't, I don't see me in generosity. Well, Paul talks back to the Corinthian church about those people that wanted to give, but they talked about their lack. And some people use lack as a means not to give. So what does Paul say to them? Let's look back in. In 2 Corinthians 8, for if the readiness is present, that means you want to, not out of necessity nor out of compulsion, but if the readiness is present, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. See, generosity comes out of what you have, not what you don't have, not in comparison. The widow that gave her two mites snuck up to the offering box Hope that no one would see her was embarrassed by her tiny little gift of less than a penny. And yet the king of kings and Lord of lords said, look, she's given more than everyone. See, what, what, what our generosity comes out of what we have. So learn to speak with love. Are you with me? Learn to give. Does this make sense? It's what we do. God sees the heart gift, not the hand gift. God sees the desire of the heart. So when somebody gave but wanted to give more like the widow, God sees that and that's how he records it. Other people who give a big check and didn't want to give it, necessity compulsion, God records it that way as well. Are you with me? See, again, generosity is about the heart. So let's grow up in Ephesians 4, grow up in all aspects into him. So it's not about how big the offering is. That's not the deal. Now, in, this, in our culture, gold is, is valued at such a high rate. And if we had a nugget of pure gold that was here, but we had a much larger nugget. It wasn't pure. 
had some rock in it. And even though it might weigh more on the scales, this is not worth near what this is worth. You see, see, see the, the pure gift, when you give a gift with wrong motives, when you give a selfishness or all that, and you got this gold mixed with rock, it doesn't weigh near as much as when you give with pure motives out of sheer gratitude to God. It's not the, it's not the amount of the gift. Man, come on, God wants heavyweight givers. Does that make sense? The key is, again, the gold that's worth the most is the purest. And our giving is, is, is the purest when it's out of love, when the words we say, when the love, when the care, when the money we give is pure and undefiled. God's looking, man, for heavyweight generosity. Does this make sense? God is not looking for a lightweight love. The reason, one of the reasons why that so many people are anti-church, they're pro-Jesus and anti-church is because of a lightweight love in the church. We need a heavyweight love, and a heavyweight love only comes out of people who give out of pure love and sincere heart for God. Generosity is not about the amount, it's the posture of your heart. Does that make sense? So if you give and you don't give much, but man, you're, you're bringing your tithe in, then man, come on, don't, 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 don't backstroke Giving is not about what you don't have. It's about what you have. It's not the amount. See, at the end of the day, money is actually not the real issue. We have such a struggle about in America because money is the issue, isn't it? Because there's something way bigger than money. God didn't make his love known to you through money. He made his love known to you through his generosity to giving his son on the cross. He showed you. God made, God made known his love to us. He loved us first. And so what, what does Paul say? Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, I say that he is so sparingly will reap how? But he that sows bountifully will reap bountifully. What does reaping bountifully look like? It means living gen, a life of generosity, giving of yourself, giving your money, giving your time, giving of affirmation, giving, giving, giving. And guess what? You are going to receive that back. When, and when a farmer plants a seed, he doesn't, if, a, if you plant an apple seed, do you grow an apple? No, you grow an apple tree. One seed produces thousands of apples. And as you're sowing money, as you're sowing words, as you're sowing ministry, as you're, as you're being more like Jesus, as you're learning the art of generosity and giving your life away, the bounty is ridiculous. Last week, can you imagine during that surgery when, when, when I was, do you know how many thousands of people were praying for me? And do you know why thousands of people were praying for me? It's because I pray for thousands of people every day. Does this make sense? But let me, let's go to 1 Timothy. Paul says, but godliness is actually a means of great gain. When is it accompanied with contentment? So what does godliness mean? It means to be like God. It means to be like Christ. And what is Christ like? Christ was all about others, wasn't he? He's about others. When he was tired and his cousin had just had his head cut off, and yet the multitudes came, what did Jesus do? He said, that don't bother me. I got to have a five-day R&R. No, he went on a healed the sick and cared and ministered. When Jesus was, was weary, what did he do? He kept giving of himself. Does this make sense? Jesus was generous. He was, a heavy, he was the heavyweight champion of love. I love what Andy Stanley said. 
Life becomes truly life when it is what? Life is not about what we get. Life is about what we give. And then what we get, because what we give is called a bountiful, blessed, superabundant, exceedingly glorious, because we are reaping what we have what? So your life value is not determined about what you accumulate. It's what you dissipate. It's not what you, it's not what you consume. It's what you contribute. Does this make sense? See, we respond to God's love when we give generously of our time, of our talent, of our resources, of our spiritual gifts. Imagine the joy of the Father on Easter Sunday morning, Easter number one, Nuno, number one. The morning that Jesus came out of the grave, out of death, hell in the grave, and walked out victoriously. There's no doubt God the Father was exploding with exceeding joy because God the Father could see that now he had fellowship back with the Son. He was going to have fellowship with the disciples, and he knew 2,000 years later he'd have fellowship with you because of his generosity. You'd be born again. You'd be transformed. Man, you'd go to heaven. Can you imagine? I tell the story a ton of times when I bought Micah a Corvette, when I was at a Corvette show when he was 16, all my friends said, you are crazy, you are absolutely insane. I was. They were all right. It's not the point of the story. We all know I'm dumb. I can, we got that. That's, we've all, but I couldn't wait to give home to give him the car. I couldn't wait to see his eyes. And that day that Jesus came out of the grave, God couldn't wait to see you what you would become and how you would know him. Why? Because of God's great generosity. You'll never know a bountiful life if you're not walking, if you're not sowing your time and your talent, your resources, all that. It isn't about the amount of money. Come on. Can we grow up beyond that? Don't you think God is able to provide for us much more than money in return? Are you with me? God desires to give us something far greater than money. He desires to give us life, eternal, and real abundant life right here. Now, several weeks ago, as you guys know, we're getting ready to sell the house, and that's gone on a lot longer than I thought. And, and, and JL was working, and JL is my son Zach and Rachel's daughter, and they're trying to teach her generosity. So Rachel said, why don't you give JL something for working, and we're going to make her tithe. And I said, well, that'd be great. So I gave her a dollar, which she forgot. It's in my bathroom. It's a construction zone. So last week, they were over, and I said, JL, you forgot your dollar. Her eyes light up. Are you with me? She's thrilled. She takes off running. I never noticed her younger cousin, Bella, was right behind her. Now, good grandparents would understand what's about to happen. Mimi's good. Pop-Pop is not. We've established that. And so J.L. gets her dollar to which she looks at Bella and said, this is mine, not yours. And to which Bella said, oh, I understand you worked hard for that. <laughs> you deserve that dollar. Don't forget to give God a dime. Aren't you sure that's what to your Bella? No, I could hear the wailing, the wailing from that bedroom. Ah! Oh, God, I have another dollar. So I said, come here, Bella, come here, come here. Well, no. Oh, come here, come here, hurry, hurry, come here, come here. Walked out to another truck, had to dig through. You ever had to dig through the change thing in your, in your vehicle? Oh, man, we have rooted through there. I just hope Michelle had driven it lately. And so, man, we, so I find four quarters. And I say, okay, now, Bella, listen. Pop-Pop's got four quarters. This is as much as JL's dollar. Try, 
Try to convince a two-year-old <laughs> who has four quarters that she's got as much as the other one with a whole paper dollar. She finally got it. Eyes lit up. She never let go of those four quarters the rest of the night. See, when you give a little kid a quarter, it changes their world, doesn't it? They light up. They're thrilled. The same concept applies to God. Is God our Father? And God gives to us cars and houses and pays off debt and college scholarships and health. And God answers prayer. God does all this stuff. And those things are so really, they're large in our eyes, but they're insignificant. They're little in God's eyes. Does that make sense? But why does God give them to us? God gives us stuff to teach us to be generous. Just like when our kids were little, we gave them a nickel or a quarter or a dime to take to church to put in the offering to teach them to be generous. Nothing's changed. God gives you stuff to teach you to give part of it away. So the, the question is, are you going to be stingy and greedy? Listen, you won't hurt faith promise. It's not about us having more money. Come on, grow up. This is about you and who you're becoming. Philippians 1.6, for I'm convinced that God is able. Man, that he that started a good work will perfect it in the day of Christ Jesus. God's will for you is to be a generous person. Do y'all believe that? Nobody ever went to his funeral and said, Whoa, man, that guy was stingy. <laughs> Hallelujah, he's dead. That's, that's not what, no. They either lie about him because he was stingy, and they, or people stand up and give testimony about how this, about, about what's going on. See, man, we're supposed to be generous. Our generosity will always lack purpose when the only goal is ourselves. I'll give because I have to. I give because God will bless. That's not the reason for giving. 2 Corinthians 9, 13, the proof, of, the proof given by this ministry, and they're taking an offering in Corinth and in, in all the other churches that Paul planted to go back to Jerusalem because there was a famine. They will glorify God for your obedience to your confession of the gospel. People in Jerusalem are going to glorify God because of your generosity in Corinth. People around the world are giving God glory because of the generosity of faith promise. It's happening in Africa. It's happening in India. It's happening in Central and South America. It's happening all around the planet. It's happening, you know, in Scotland. It's happening in England. It's happening all around the world where you and I are investing God's resource. See, alone we can't do much, but when we pull it all together, we go and we pull it all together and we say, God, we're going to take this and it's going to be a movement for you. Does this make sense? See, God purposed in his heart to give us his son to reveal his love for us. His purpose matched the product of his actions. He gave generously his son so that we could learn. Listen, if you're a Sam, you can learn to be generous. I don't care if you're 60 and stingy. You can learn. Start where you are. Just giving. Love, words. We have four levels of giver at Faith Promise. We have beginners, people that really have never joined the generosity journey at a church, never dreamed they go to church, and certainly never thought they'd go to church because they've all, you've always thought all your life, all the church wanted was my money. We want so much more for you than from you. Your money's an insignificant part of what we want for you. Are you with me? Listen, be generous to give somewhere else. Don't be stingy. It's not, a, it's, it's not about the money. So it's beginners. Then it's about learners who say, hey, I like this generosity stuff. I'm learning. I'm doing, you know, man, I, this, is, this is changing me in the inside. Then you put God in your budget. 
you're a learner. You're given a certain amount. Then you, then you move to you move to a core, you move to a tither and say, hey, we're going to bring our whole tithe, our whole 10% into the storehouse. And then there are people at Faith Promise that are lavish who literally have organized their life around the ability to be able to give more money to fund the vision because of God's grace and gospel. Are you with me? That's giving with weight behind it. And God wants us to be heavyweight givers. Again, way more than your money. Are you with me? Say, way more than my money. Are you ready? One, two, three. Way more than my money. Man, it's about giving. Let me tell you the first thing God wants some of you to give at all of our campuses. If you've never given Jesus your life, let me tell you, it's easy to tithe after you've given your life. So if you're ready to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus, you're ready to enter into your relationship with God, God is ready. So at all of our campuses, if you're ready to start fresh and new with every head bowed, every eye closed, campus pastors are stepping up right now. Come on, let's, let's pray this prayer together. Dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. You died for me, the greatest gift. Now I give you my life. I will follow you. Make my heart generous in everything I do. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, how'd it be good to be in the house of God? What a mighty God we serve. Woo! Now as we get ready to move into the generosity portion of worship, that people will give. If you just pray with me, if you'll pull the communication card out and just put your, just if you're a guest, this is the only thing we ask of you. Fill this out, let us know you are here. You don't, we don't want an offering for you. When you leave, we have an offering for you. We're gonna give you a gift, gonna give you a shirt, gonna give you stuff, go to all, the information area at all of our campuses. But if you prayed with me, just put down here, I'm making a first time decision to follow Jesus and I would encourage you to check the second circle. I'm ready, to, I'm ready to be baptized. If you've not been to our Next Steps experience and found out what the next step is, I would encourage you to sign up. It's the second weekend at all the campuses. But go ahead and fill these out and get ready online. You can click right there. Or you can go to the chat room. People are waiting. I was there last weekend. I'm so excited. Thank you, Pastor Kyle and all the volunteers on our, on our online campus. You guys are tremendous. It's off the chart. But if you'll put these these in, I'm going to pray. Ushers are going to come forward, and then we're just going to give. Are we generous? Are we generous? Come on, I am faith promise. I am generous. God, we ask you to bless this offering in a supernatural way. We ask you to move in your glory and your power. We ask you, God, to take it as we combine our generosity and resources and finances. God, we pray that you would use this offering to make it hard to go to hell for people to see and sense your real love. We love you, God. We bless you. God, take this offering in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, give him a shout as we get ready to give.